welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafter, and today I'll be chatting with Darren Franks, founder and CEO of Talent in the Cloud. Talent in the Cloud offers specialist executive search services across the fintech sector. We help business leaders hire senior and middle management experts across the entire fintech spectrum. Darren, you made it. You made the cut. <laughs> I did. Thank you. And t- t- 25 episodes in and you finally allowed me to come on. I know, I know. You, you finally are of importance. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know if many people know, but you really power this podcast. And I think it's just really exciting to finally have you on. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. I, but, but to be honest with you, Stace, I, I can't take any credit for this other than perhaps coming up with the idea and uh, paying the bills. But uh, <laughs> this is all down to you, right? This, this whole thing is down to you. So I, I'm not taking any credit for this. I'm really glad you pushed me. It's really incredible to see what's come of the podcast. Um, and this is really an opportunity for me to get to know you a little bit more. I know that we speak for hours every day, but um, I really want to get to know more about the beginning of the business and really what drove you to building talent in the cloud. Cool. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you the abridged version. So if, you, if, you, if you've got any questions and you want me to elaborate, then feel free to ask. But, sure. Um, okay. So a, a, a bit of background. Um, I spent, this is now I think my 21st year in, uh, in, in the world of staffing and uh, executive search. Um, for 16 of those years, I was with uh, one company um, where I, I joined as uh, a, a, a junior with, I think I even had hair at that time. And that, that's, <laughs> so that, that tells you how long ago that was, right? Um, and uh, worked my way up and um, it eventually became sort of that group CEO and uh, that was managing businesses in or offices, branches in uh, the UK, Dubai and uh, Mid- uh, and South Africa. Um, anyway, I, I, I exited that business, um, where are we now? Five, nearly five years, well, yeah, almost exactly five years ago and wanted to do something a little bit different with my life. Um, and the last thing I wanted to do was uh, go into go back into recruiting or yeah. executive search. So I thought, hey, listen, I, I love tech, right? I'm a bit of a wannabe, as you know, Stace. I'm, mm. I'm a bit of a wannabe techie. So I thought I'd, I'd go and build some software um, because that seemed to be the cool thing to do. And everyone's sort of making a lot of money doing that. So um, that's originally what Talent in the Cloud was. It was, it was software um, that was going to be... Uh, used for various parts of, of of the recruitment process or the talent acquisition process. Ah. So that's originally that was the original plan, right? Um, and uh, you know me, uh, you know we we changed directions directions a few times, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was one of those when I quickly realised a I don't have the expertise, and b I certainly don't have the money, and uh, I, I kind of can that one. Um, and then I got a call from someone that I knew um, historically from from Kenya. He called me and said he's just joined this this payments company. Uh, as their sort of group CFO, and they've just had some private equity investment and need to expand across uh, was it eighteen countries in the next twenty four months. To which my reply was, "Well, that's very nice. Um, good, good luck." Um, <laughs> he said, "No, no, listen, we, we, you know, we, we'd love you to tell us how we can do that. Um, you know, these, these some of these are countries that we've never been in before, uh, let alone had operations." So I said, "Listen, I can come in and talk to you and tell you how I would do it, but." Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not doing the doing. I'm, I'm, I'm now a consultant, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, lo- long story short, they flew me over to Nairobi. I spent a week with uh, the Exco team, uh, knocking around ideas, whiteboarding, and sort of came up with a, with a process. And uh, I think after the fourth day, the CEO said, okay, great, when do you start? And I was like, no, 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 no. Listen, you got me wrong. I'm, I'm not doing the doing, right? <laughs> I'm a consultant. Um, and he said, no, no, listen, you're the only one that can do this because it's your idea. So I said, oh, okay, well, listen, uh, you know, being completely honest with you 
it's an idea. Um, it's how mm. I think it would work. He said, well, let's give it a go. Let's pilot it. And we piloted that. And, uh, you know, it worked phenomenally well. Anyway, that business is now and still is a client of ours. As, as you well know, that's DPO Group, mm-hmm. who uh, have, have recently exited to Network International. And, uh, you know, they were definitely our anchor client and uh, a, a business and a team that I hold very dear to my heart. So that was that was the history. That was the the brief history. There's lots more to tell, but that's the brief history. Even taking it back, you had DPO Group come to you. We've had clients, and this is kind of our model going forward, is we really want to position ourselves where we have potential clients coming to us saying that they, they've heard what we've done, they've seen what we've done. Why do you think we have fintechs come to us and we have potential clients who have been burnt many times by recruitment agencies and and every agency says, no, but we're different. And, and I truly believe that we are. What do you think sets us apart or even you apart because you had DPO Group come to you before Talent in the Cloud was Talent in the Cloud? Uh, okay, so I, th- I think it's deliberate. As, mm-hmm. as you know, Stacey, you know, our, our, you know I... I, I what, when I decided actually we were going to become uh, a search, an executive search mm. firm, um, what I didn't want and specifically didn't want to have a sales team. Okay. The yeah. one thing I hated about work or, or the industry, the staffing industry is A, it's terrible reputation, um, but B, the fact that most people, I'm, I'm, I'm being probably a little bit belligerent here, but um, you know, m- most people that work in, uh, in, in this industry tend to be salespeople. Mm. And quite frankly, that doesn't get the best result for the client. Um, you know, it's not about selling. It's, it, it really is about understanding uh, the, the, the company, understanding the candidates and, and, and really making that match. Mm. Um, and I think people forget that. Um, the second thing is I'm a terrible sales manager. Um, I really <laughs> am. I'm a, I don't have the patience. So I, I, I wanted to build a business that didn't, wasn't reliant on having uh, salespeople. So mm. I, I embarked on the whole sort of inbound marketing. I, you know, dur- during my, um, my very brief journey as an entrepreneur, a tech entrepreneur, right? Um, you know, the next Elon Musk. Um, I, uh, I, I kind of subscribe to all these different um, uh, websites and groups and, you know, s- some of the, uh, the material that I was getting. And there was one company in particular, which I'm happy to mention, which was HubSpot. Um, the, the way that they engage with you as a potential customer and uh, the whole onboarding process was just blew my mind. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, I wonder if we can, if I can take this concept and apply this to the world of recruitment. So that's that, 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 that's a long-winded answer of saying it was deliberate. Um, the second, I think the second reason why we get clients coming to us is we, we work in a niche, okay? Mm-hmm. And we've dedicated ourselves to that niche and we're not afraid to say no to organizations and to opportunities that are outside of our core area, okay, which is obviously fintech. Um, and I think this dedication really stays. It's, it's yeah. you know, I, I, as you know, I spent a lot of time you know, traveling the continent, going to, to events, speaking at events, um, uh, joining communities, spearheading communities, um, you know, championing diversity in the sector, all, all of these things. I think it, it gives a, uh, you know, awareness. So we have some awareness in, in, in the market. We spent a lot, a lot of time this year um, working on our brand, uh, really nailing our brand. Obviously, you know, we, during the COVID period, we had, we had a bit of time. So we used yeah. that sensibly and, and focused on the brand. And I think all of those things in conjunction with each other have resulted in us, you know, not, and I'm really proud of this actually, you know, not having made one single outbound sales call in, well, it'll be five years in two weeks time. So uh, I think that's something we're, we're really proud of internally. 
Do you know what as well, Darren, I actually getting to know you and working so closely with you, you have a passion for fintech as well. And you spend hours after work just reading up and being part of these communities. It's more than just getting getting these clients on board, but really diving deeper in. And I think that shows when you speak to clients as well. Yeah, you made me laugh there. After work. <laughs> what's, what's after work? <laughs> I don't think As you if have, I have an work hours. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, listen, I think it's important. I think, uh, you know, if, if, if you're going to service a sector, you have to understand it and you yeah. have to be passionate about it. And, you know, there's, there's you know, for, for me to go and do, I don't know, mechanical engineering, for example, mm. um, I know nothing about mechanical engineering. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't even know where to put oil in my car, quite frankly. <laughs> so, you know, for, yeah. for, for me, that's just not a sector that would interest me. Um, but fintech has always interested me, even even before it was mm. sexy and called fintech, right? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, fintech's been around for donkey's years ever since, yeah. you know, credit cards came out. That's a fintech, right? So uh, I've always had an interest in it. I think it, it's massively important. What about a business that's struggling to get inbound leads? You were able to get this pre the business being set up. What advice would you have for them? Uh, my advice, find a niche, mm. map out the ecosystem. That's massively important. I can't stress how important that is. And what I mean by that is, you know, you may have your target customers, okay? They may all be, uh, we'll take FinTech as an example, right? Mm. So our typical customer is a fast-growing uh, fintech okay and whether that be in payments or remittances or crypto or whatever it may be um or challenger banks they are fast growing fintechs um but and i want to speak to the ceos okay so we always engage at ceos c-suite level and mm-hmm. uh that's that's where we have our conversations um but there's lots of other service providers that also want to speak to the ceos mm-hmm. and that also want to service that sector so i might have a really strong relationship with DPO, as an example, mm. um, whereas there may be another supplier that doesn't have a strong relationship, um, but would really like to have one. So how can I work in partnership with that organization? And I, I, I'm a big believer, as, you know, again, something we, we, we talk about a lot is, um, you know, what goes around comes around. And um, I'm happy to introduce people, uh, obviously, once I've done a bit of due diligence um, on, on them and, you know, their products, um, to people that I know to my contacts and I, I, and it works two ways right so again if I've not got a relationship with x company in wherever it may be but someone else in the ecosystem does then they can introduce me to to their contacts and I, you know it's really important again going back to your your question how have we generated you know how or have we been successful as a business without having to make any sales calls or, or having a an outbound sales strategy? Um, it's purely by relationships. Uh, you have to build relationships, and this does not happen overnight. So if you think you yeah. can spin up a you know a website, a landing page, and send out a few emails and expect to get incoming quality incoming business, you won't. You'll get some, but you won't get quality. We sat down for many interviews and you just explaining to me the vision you had for talent in the cloud, the passions you have, and something that really stood out to me was. Gender diversity is mm. really important to you and the business. Where did this passion come from, and how does talent in the cloud work to promoting gender diversity in the fintech space? So this came from um, actually it came from the Middle East. I've got to be honest. So mm. I, I, obviously, as I said, I've worked in the Middle East for, for a number of years, and it wasn't until I got to Africa, actually, until I, until I met a DPO group. This is so I, I, I um, you know, I, I, that's why I hold the DPO group so dear to my heart is mm. that um you know they, they've inspired and Eran, who's the ceo has inspired me just no end to achieve what we've achieved albeit a fraction of what dpo have achieved perhaps but um um you know when i when i met dpo and i sat with 
their Exco team, um, which was made up of their head of sales, was a lady. Um, their group head of marketing was a lady. Their COO was a lady. Um, and I just thought, you know what? This is the first time I've sat in a room mm. with decision makers who are women in years. Because mm. in Dubai, none of my clients, literally none of my clients were women. Of, of course, there were women involved in some of the processes, but not decision makers. And that kind of struck a chord. And, you know, historically, you speak to my friends in the UK and, uh, you know, I've always had female friends, always. Um, you know, probably equal amounts of female friends to, to male friends. And mm. um, it just got me thinking. And then I, I got in touch with a lady called Martha, Martha Fisher, who... Um, Many people may know who are listening to this. Um, Martha's the CEO of the European Women in uh, Payments Network and also the African Women in Fintech and Payments Networks. And we, we, we just connected on LinkedIn and we had a chat. And um, uh, she's the most remarkable lady. And she won't mind me saying this. We, we, we have lots of banter. We, 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 we wind each other up. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, our... Um, our passion for making sure that the diversity is at the forefront of the, of, of the sector is, is so, so vital um you know the amount of product you know when, when i was speaking to clients and when we could travel and you know walking around uh you know fintech's offices and you walk into their product department and you look around you say okay great so um who's your product designed for and they're like everyone okay but <laughs> there's only men here so who's who's designing a product for for, for women right um oh we, we we use you know focus groups and that's just not enough, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I know there's, there's apps that I love on my phone, you know, fintech apps. Um, I love them. They're brilliant. My wife hates them. She's yeah. like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like the way that I have to move and uh, navigate. It's because it's not been designed, you know, with input from women. Um, so that was, that was really where, where this stemmed from. And, you know, working with Martha uh, and the other sort of board members of certainly the African women in fintech and payments community, here on the continent has just been so inspiring. Um, again, it, it, you know, there, there are lots and lots and lots of really successful women in the sector. Unfortunately, they, they don't seem to have too much of a voice. Um, mm. And people don't know unless you really dig deep. And even when you dig, if you don't know where to dig, you're not going to find, you know, lists of people. You, you might now because of some of the work we've done, but historically you wouldn't find these lists on Google, right? Um, mm. You have to really, really, you know, search um, you know, in depthly to try and find some data. So that was where that was really where, where this sort of passion came from. And then, again, I'm not, I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, I, I ran a, a breakfast event in Nairobi uh, three three years ago, uh, which was again the, I think the first meeting of the African women in fintech and payments. And you know, African women and me. So you know, I stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Right? But um, I think that's one of the other the other sort of reasons. Maybe we you know we, we we've got some sort of um, awareness in the market is uh, you've got this you know very strange british man white british man you know walking around africa and camping <laughs> gender diversity for african women but um listen i think there should be more of a, more of people like me doing this quite honestly um again I, I wrote a blog last year saying you know fintech needs more men and i remember uh, the uproar yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, people people didn't read the content; they just read the title. So people love to comment before they read. Yeah, don't, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so as, as I was saying, it was, so we 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 ran this event, and um, you know, the, the women around this room or around this table were, were talking about some of the things they'd been asked, shall we say, in order to progress their career, mm. and it was just uh, jaw dropping. I mean, yeah. I couldn't believe. Well, I could believe, but to hear it firsthand of what some of these women had been 
asked to do it or told to, to do it yeah. um, in order to progress it was just unacceptable on every level. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing for us, Stacey, as, as you know. Yeah. You know we, we have, you know, a culture in our business and it's very much all about inclusiveness. Uh, if we work with or we get approached by a client and, you know, they are uh, sexist, racist, mm, mm. whatever it may be, we just will not work with them, full stop. I don't care who they are, how much money they've got, what influence they've got. Um, if if a company's values don't align with ours, then I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen with us. So, you know, that's the other thing, right? We, we, we'll we say no to, to, to as many customers as we say yes to. If it doesn't yeah. fit, it doesn't fit. I even remember you pitching this podcast to me and I'm like, Darren, it doesn't make sense. Why am I doing this podcast? You should be doing it. And you're like, no, there are enough male voices in the industry. And that I think stood out to me. You're, you're not just sticking something on talent and cloud and saying diversity matters. I see that within our business and we, we go beyond just putting more women in shortlists that's 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 yeah. not even the beginning of what we do it's we we go there we're doing workshops we're trying to find out what the problem is how we can we can help more women in the space whether that's doing um specific content for them or or giving them free linkedin and cv reviews whatever we can do to help even other businesses position their job descriptions to have more women apply um it goes beyond just what can we do for the companies we work with but the bigger picture as well yeah, listen, I'm super proud of the stat that we had in, in 2019, which yeah. was 43% of the leaders we placed in Africa were women, right? For me, that was more of an achievement than any sort of profitability targets or revenue targets yeah. or growth targets that we had, right? And I, I truly, truly mean that. Um, that was, yeah, we've achieved something. We actually are making a difference. I think a, a, a lot of services business claim they make a difference, right? Mm. Um but I, for me, that's tangible. That's something that's measurable. And that's something we can improve on. I think if you hear me talk about talent in the cloud, there's a lot of passion there. I love the business, but especially our values. Of course, we have diversity. Yeah. But then something that I'm not sure many people know is innovation is so important to us as well. <laughs> Darren, the whole team <laughs> can attest to this. We are continuously brainstorming ideas to just keep one step ahead how does a business like recruiting who's so known for their traditional ways stay innovative uh they have a they have a ceo who uh is like a magpie and <laughs> will buy any bit of technology out there um, I think, um listen I, I, you know again when i set up this business i did just did not want to have a vanilla yeah. me too i'm just another one of these hundreds if not thousands of recruitment companies that are there to try and make a quick buck um you know some, some don't get me wrong there are some some great suppliers out there great agencies and you know we we know a number of them um who actually do a ph- phenomenal job but um in by and large mm. the vast majority it's it's just not innovative there's nothing creative um there's there's no real focus on trying to improve the experience not only for the candidate but for the client as well. And it works both ways. Um, you know, we, we, we were using, for example, video interviewing before, you know, well, when Corona was still a beer, right? Um, so it wasn't, you <laughs> yes. know, we didn't jump on necessarily the bandwagon, albeit it's now an essential part of doing business. But, you know, a, a lot of the, the ways that we go about finding people, uh, interviewing people, finding clients or making clients find us, um, how we improve our processes, how we look at our branding how do we um 
immerse ourselves in, in new communities and new tools. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention Clubhouse um, because this wouldn't be a podcast in February 2021 without mentioning Clubhouse. Yes. You know, we, we, we or I, you know, we, are, I've got you involved in it now, but, you know, jump full in because I, it may be something that lasts five minutes. It may be something that, you know, is the next Facebook. Mm. We don't know. It's, I, I think certainly it's got potential. Um, you know, we, we ran a room, didn't we, last week, Stacey? We had yeah. nearly 400 people, and that's the first yeah. room that we'd ever run. Yeah. We had nearly 400 people uh, come, which was unbelievable. Um, so I think it's, you know, how do we stay innovative? I think we, everyone that we hire into the business, I think or, or has that... Um, curiosity. Curiosity, thank you. That's a great word. To, to just push the boundaries. And I think one of the other values we've got without this turning into kind of a, a, a sales pitch on, on talent in the cloud. But um, we, we have a JFDI attitude, right? And yeah. because there's obviously going to be people listening and I wouldn't want to swear, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll abbreviate that to, you know, just frigging do it. Yeah. And it's not uh, a derogatory, um, a draconian mm. uh, value as in, you know, you must just do it. It's not yeah. at all. It's try something, do it. If it doesn't work, don't stress about it. Actually, if it doesn't work, that's great because we, we can learn some lessons, right? Mm. As long as it doesn't cost a fortune and send us, you know, bankrupt, then, I'm, I'm, you know, we're always happy to try something new. If someone's got a new idea, just do it, right? Try it, do it, test it, and then come, let's discuss it as a group. And if we think it, it can add value, let's roll it out. If it doesn't, then we won't. Um, and I, I think it's, it's having or it, empowering people to understand and we've, we've had this a few times hey Stace um, yeah. people go oh I'm afraid of making that mistake don't I prefer you to make a mistake and go I, sh- I shouldn't have done that or we shouldn't have done this because of xyz than sitting there saying oh you know I wonder if we could have done that would it have been better let's just try something um, there's also an immense amount of growth that comes with that and I've yeah. seen that with with the rest of the team and, and me especially I, you always like say it's good try this and I'm like no 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 I'm not ready and you know my personality I want to be ready before I jump right in you but mean you, like that you, time you, I dragged you on stage in Rwanda <laughs> yes you you just typed hey Stace want to go to Rwanda on Sunday and then ended up running a conference but yeah like I have grown so much because of this leadership style and knowing that it's not a mistake it's a learning it's a learning moment and that's been that's been incredible and uh, you know thank you I, mean, I, I think it is testament to you know the people that we've got in the business I, 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 again it's I think as a, as a as a leader or as a business owner you know the idea is not to be not to have your not to be in control of every element mm. of your business you can't that's just, just not possible right you, you you literally end up working 24 hours a day and um you know, and you end up burning out, which I was certainly very, very close to doing mm. that a couple of years ago. Um, and it's about trusting people. Mid-2019, or even towards the end of 2019, no one knew what was going to happen in 2020, course, yeah. right? Um, you know, what did we do during during those kind of very, very, very worrying few months? <laughs> we, sat, we sat, we stopped, didn't we? We, we just said, mm. like, listen, let's just stop. What can we do? What's, what's mm. the market situation? How do we, you know, we again, we, you know, thanks to... You know, the, the, the sort of um, my business partner and, you know, our sort of back office finance side, um, you know, we, we were a very prudent business. So we, we weren't worried about sort of running out of cash. We knew we had, you know, enough cash in the bank for a good year. Um, so there, there was none of that stress. But, you know, how do we how do we um, pivot slightly without changing the entire business? 
just to get us through those sort of three months or so. And, you know, we did. We did some really cool things, didn't we? I think it changed the future of the business as well. Mm. Realising the importance of branding. This is mm. a conversation we have often. Um, I don't think we, we knew the importance of it. And taking the time to rebrand, understand our vision, and then boom, when markets opened up again, it was incredible to see. We have onboarded more clients than ever. Um, and that's really, really impressive to say in the midst of a pandemic. And look, I, I can't take credit for that as well. Um, you know, I think we, we, we've got to give uh, James, who's uh, mm. our, uh, our, our sort of head of digital and growth, um, uh, you know, a, a, a massive accolade for that because yeah. he took that upon himself. He, he came to me and said, right, we need a brand book. And I went, yeah, all right. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Whatever that is. I didn't realize it was going to take three months to build, but you know, was it, was it worth it? Absolutely. Mm. I mean, if I look at the branding, certainly when we started um, to, to where we are now, I mean, it's, it's not just about having a fancy logo and having mm. you know, good looking content. It's, it's not about that. The brand is way more important. Um, and I, I wasn't, I don't think, you know, again, in, in previous businesses, the brand really wasn't that important or was marketing. And, um, you know, I look at where we are now. If we didn't have support of the team, we didn't have the brand behind us. We didn't have, again, uh, you know, a, a lot of the business we get. Let's be honest, is through you know through word of mouth and referrals. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if we look at, uh, I'm going to use some real world examples. We'll look, we'll look at DPO um, and how that one account has opened up so many different opportunities. You know, we, we got very close to, to Apis Partners, who are the uh, private equity firm behind, um, you know, DPO. Um, we got very close with them. They opened up their portfolio, introduced us to, to numerous people. That's still happening today. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've got now one of the biggest fintech groups in, in, in uh, Southern Africa. And again, that came through. If I trace everything back, it's all come from that, you know, that first conversation I had with, with DPO nearly five years ago. Um, and I'm not saying that's exclusive. That's just, just one example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, the brand is more than just fancy images and, and nice in- Instagram posts. Um, it's about giving people confidence that we are, you know, we, we, we deliver. Ultimately, we yeah. deliver, right? And that's what it's about. Darren, I'm glad we finally did this. Thanks so much for being on the oh, you podcast. Know what? I could speak yeah. to you for hours. And, uh, well, we do. We speak for hours. We do anyway. speak that's, for hours. We I've just really did a clubhouse before for four hours the other day. So, yes, we can Indeed. speak for, for hours. Where's the best place for listeners to reach you? Oh, uh, best place for people to reach me? Um, either LinkedIn. Although I think um, I, I think I'm okay saying this. I, I think uh, LinkedIn have caught me out, and I think they think I'm having an affair with uh, Clubhouse because <laughs> my engagement levels on on LinkedIn since I've been hashtagging uh, Clubhouse seem to have plummeted. So I don't know whether there's some sort of algorithm um, on LinkedIn's end where they're trying to uh, I don't know stop any uh, movement over to Clubhouse. But you know, yes, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, drop me an email there or message there. You can find me probably on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me definitely on Clubhouse. And we've got a very cool group called um, Fintech Africa. So join that if you're on Clubhouse. Um, and you can always find me in front of my laptop, my phone. Much to no the matter displeasure. what the hour. Yeah, much to the displeasure of my family. But um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be good. But uh, yeah, LinkedIn or, or, or Clubhouse, probably the two main platforms that I'm on these days. Thanks again, Darren. My absolute pleasure. Thank you, Stace.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. Feel free to follow us on LinkedIn at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your team, or you yourself are looking for a new, exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.